Valley. It is 7.06 p.m. Welcome to this week's Eye in the Triangle. I'm Jake Langlois. Hey guys, I'm DeAndre Jones and we thank you for tuning in. This week's show is all about Amendment 1 and the potential impact it will have on different aspects of life for residents living here in North Carolina, both straight and gay. We decided to break it down into three parts, the sociological impacts, the legal impacts, and the economic impacts. By exploring these topics, we hope to shed some light on this highly controversial and often misunderstood amendment. In addition, DeAndre has reviewed another restaurant this week for our listening pleasure. But before we get to that, let's do the weather. What's going on, DeAndre? Well, today we saw an overall pleasant day with partly sunny skies and highs in the mid-70s. Tonight, we will cool down into the mid-50s, and we do have a slight chance of showers, so be sure to have a light rain jacket handy just in case you plan on heading out this evening. We will continue to see highs in the mid-70s on Wednesday, and we do have a slight chance of showers once again, so be sure to keep an umbrella handy just in case. Chances for showers will continue overnight Wednesday and into Thursday with lows in the upper 50s. Temperatures will peak into the upper 70s on Thursday, and the rain will finally taper off by Thursday evening. Friday, we will see mostly sunny skies with highs in the lower 80s and lows near 60. This weekend is the perfect time to hit the pool since we will see sunny skies with highs in the upper 80s and with lows in the mid-60s. So, although it might be fairly cool and rainy tomorrow through Thursday, we will clear out and warm up by Friday making way for a beautiful weekend. Thanks for that, DeAndre. Now let's see what's going on in the news. Abu Yahya al-Libi, the number two man in al-Qaeda, was killed by a CIA drone strike in Pakistan Monday. This has been called the most significant blow to al-Qaeda since the raid that killed Osama bin Laden last year. Queen Elizabeth II celebrated her 60-year reign with the Diamond Jubilee this week. The Queen is 86 and is the second English monarch after Queen Victoria to celebrate that milestone. And the transit of Venus was today. The planet Venus passed directly between the Sun and the Earth. The event last occurred in June 2004 and will not happen again until December 2117. And that's the news. Thanks to Andrew for that report. And I also wanted to mention that today is the recall election for Governor Scott Walker in Wisconsin. So if you've been following that, that's very interesting. There's an old saying about politics. It's the economy, stupid. What kind of economic impact would, would Amendment 1 have on North Carolina? Jake went to find out more. On Tuesday, North Carolina voters will be making a big decision at the polls, the decision to change the state's constitution. Amendment 1 would make marriage between one man and one woman the only recognized domestic legal union in the state. The reason we have in a story that made national headlines, last month North Carolinians voted on a proposed amendment that would put a constitutional ban on same-sex marriage in the state of North Carolina. This highly controversial proposal had strong support and opposition from organizations across the country. National figures of all stripes weighed in voicing their support or opposition to the proposed amendment. Voters in North Carolina overwhelmingly approved a constitutional amendment which defines marriage as solely between a man and a woman. Suck it, gays! <laughs> By which I mean, do not. By Tuesday night, it was clear the amendment had passed, with roughly 61% of the vote in favor of the proposed amendment. With the amendment passed, this is likely to have a large impact on the state of North Carolina. What might some of the economic implications of a constitutional amendment like this have on our state? But before those impacts can be examined, it is important to understand exactly what it was we voted in favor of on May 8th. What some people may not realize is that there is already a law on the books in North Carolina banning same-sex marriage. 
But proponents of Amendment 1 argue that the law is at the mercy of activist judges who could at any time declare the law unconstitutional. Amendment 1 basically defines marriages between one man and one woman in the Constitution of North Carolina, protecting the law from being ruled unconstitutional. Now, the wording of the amendment is important. People might remember laws like California's Proposition 8 in 2008, which said only marriage between a man and a woman were valid in California. But North Carolina takes it a step further. Marriage between one man and one woman is the only domestic legal union that shall be valid or recognized in the state. That's the actual wording as it appeared on the May ballot. And you might notice a distinction in between the wording of the two propositions. California banned same-sex marriage. But North Carolina states the only domestic legal union recognized by the state is marriage between one man and one woman. See the difference? Not only does this ban same-sex marriage, but civil unions, common law marriages, and domestic partnerships as well. This small distinction is extremely important in determining who will be affected by this new constitutional amendment. This means that not only will the GLBT community be affected, but those in domestic partnerships, single parents, and those in common law marriages. The social impact of this amendment will be felt by thousands across the state. This will impact things like hospital visitation rights, rights over estates and power of attorneys, domestic abuse, and a wide range of other social issues. But what about economically? The likely economic impact of an amendment like this is a little harder to discern. I spoke with Dr. Bob Hammond, an economics professor here at NC State, and he believes that Amendment 1 will be detrimental to North Carolina in an increasingly competitive global marketplace. For him, competing successfully requires that the state be a, quote, open, welcoming community. Amendment 1 does the opposite. Of course, quantifying the economic impact of a social issue like this can be difficult. And same-sex marriage is already banned in the state anyway. But to get some idea of the potential economic impact this issue has on a state, we can look to California. Proposition 8 defines marriage as only between a man and a woman. Gay couples lose none of their rights and privileges. Vote yes on Proposition 8. On November 4th, I'm voting no on Prop 8. Because I want my kids to know about the American dream. California's Proposition 8 was passed in 2008 and later declared unconstitutional. But according to some estimates, Proposition 8 was costing the city of San Francisco over $37 million a year in lost revenue. Researchers at the University of California determined that the state could gain up to $490 million spent on gay weddings and $40 million in tax revenue if Proposition 8 were overturned. Now, the numbers are different depending on who you ask, and getting exact figures is always difficult, so take them with a grain of salt. But what is clear is that gay marriage does come with enormous potential and economic opportunity for a state. And to think that North Carolina may be losing out on millions and putting itself at a competitive disadvantage because of a law and an amendment banning same-sex marriage? That's just tragic. We're on the Triangle. I'm Jake Langua, 88.1 WKNC. By its very nature, a constitutional amendment carries enormous legal implications for citizens all around the state. DeAndre went in search of just how it is this amendment will change the legal face of North Carolina. Being that the Constitution of North Carolina has been amended, there has to be some huge legal effects to sprout from this. This is true, however, huge legal effects take time to surface, and unfortunately, a lot of time has not passed. 
This is why my story today will consist of a lot of speculation about future events. But no worries, listeners. No information that I shall impart to you today is my own personal opinion or speculation, but that of law experts and articles about the topic. Quote, Marriage is the union of one man and one woman at one time. No other relationship shall be recognized as a vow of marriage by the state. Unquote. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the exact wording of the amendment. Now, same-sex marriage was already outlawed in North Carolina, meaning that this law is directed towards civil unions and domestic partnerships. Before I continue on, allow me to define those two terms. A civil union, also referred to as a civil partnership, is a legally recognized form of partnership similar to marriage, used to give same-sex couples rights similar to those of married couples. A domestic partnership is a legal or personal relationship between two individuals who live together and share a common domestic life, but are neither joined by marriage nor a civil union. Therefore, this law affects unmarried straight couples as well as gay couples. Our Governor Beth Perdue had this to say about the issue. It would ban the state from recognizing civil unions, strip away domestic partner benefits, and it actually could eliminate legal protections for all unmarried couples in the state. The amendment could also harm children because some children of unmarried parents could lose their health care and their prescription drug coverage. The amendment, I believe, is dangerous for women. There is a real risk that some of the laws we have on the books now to protect the victims of domestic violence may no longer apply to many women in this state. When she mentions the rights for domestic partnerships and civic unions can be stripped away, she speaks mainly of employee benefits and insurance plans. Many job employee benefits and insurance plans can be extended to what is considered family. With Amendment 1 in place, any unmarried couple isn't considered a legal union until they are married. Domestic partners may not be eligible for each other's benefits, health insurance, and other benefit plans. Children of unmarried couples are at risk for this as well. Bev Perdue isn't the only one to make a public statement about the amendment. Bill Clinton also issued a warning in which he speaks about the negative effects on business and families in North Carolina. Its passage would also take away health insurance from children and could even take away domestic violence protections from women. So the real effect of the law is not to keep the traditional definition of marriage. You've already done that. The real effect of the law will be to hurt families and drive away jobs. Domestic violence is a big issue. Amendment 1 prohibits state validation or recognition of domestic legal unions, a phrase never used before in North Carolina statutes. According to a publication used by a state to explain the amendment, quote, the problem is, we don't know what this language means or how courts would interpret this, said Maxine Eichner, a professor at the University of North Carolina School of Law. Quote, if courts were going to interpret this constitutional amendment as invalidating any rights or protections for unmarried couples, it would invalidate domestic violence protections. Unquote. According to Eichner's report on the potential consequences of the amendment, Ohio's history shows a possible downside for victims of domestic violence. From 2005 to 2007, after Ohio passed a similar marriage amendment, defense attorneys won dismissals of domestic violence charges for some unmarried defendants. The lawyers argued that the state's domestic violence law can no longer apply to unmarried couples. While some courts ruled that the domestic violence law applied to any couple, other judges told unmarried individuals seeking protection that there was no point to pressing domestic violence charges, although these victims could still file for assault charges with lesser penalties. They were unable to file for protection orders or other measures. 
In the summer of 2007, Ohio Supreme Court ruled to limit the marriage amendments reached to ensure that unmarried couples would be covered by the state's domestic violence institute. Mind you that this has not happened in North Carolina yet. Quote, chaos reigned in the courts, unquote, said Mike Smalls, the family law attorney at the Ohio Poverty Law Center. Quote, our amendment certainly had a harmful impact on the ability to protect victims of domestic violence and to prosecute perpetrators of domestic violence. To those in North Carolina, I would say be very wary of the unintended consequences of enacting this type of amendment, unquote. The last legal implication that I am covering of Amendment 1 deals with the children. I came across a story from the Huffington Post that I thought explained this worry better than anything. Libby and Melissa Hodge moved to North Carolina from Georgia in 2008, where a similar marriage amendment was passed in 2004, in hopes of a more secure life for their daughter, who was four. The woman married in Vancouver in 2006, but have yet to live in a state that recognizes their marriage. After Georgia's amendment passed, they began looking for jobs in what they thought would be a friendlier state. Eventually, Libby Hodge found a job at the city of Durham, one of the several local governments in North Carolina offering benefits to domestic partners. She now receives health coverage that covers Melissa Hodge's biological daughter, who we will call Elaine for privacy purposes. The Hodges planned for a second parent adoption so that Libby could also be legally recognized as Elaine's parent, providing more financial security for the child. But in 2010, the North Carolina Supreme Court ruled against a second parent adoption and families headed by a same-sex couple, making an adoption far more difficult. Since Amendment 1 passed in May, Elaine will lose her health benefits through Libby's plan. For Elaine to be covered by Melissa's plan, it would cost her an additional $500 a month. The Hodges are feeling additional financial uncertainty because the amendment would raise questions about how the courts would deal with not only child custody issues, but also visitation rights in hospitals and end-of-life arrangements in case one of Elaine's parents dies. Quote, it's hard to know where the ripple will stop if something goes wrong, unquote, Libby Hodge said. Quote, we still don't know what exactly the benefits of the amendment will be, and we don't know how to plan for that. You just pray that nothing ever goes wrong, unquote. Legally, this is one giant storm that is still yet to be sorted out. However, when it is sorted out, we here at Eye on the Triangle will be here to give you the full story. I'll leave you with some facts about Amendment 1. While 58% of North Carolina voters supported the amendment, 38% were against. But at the same time, the same poll showed that 51% of these voters support some form of legal recognition for same-sex couples, while only 45% completely opposed any such recognition. Less than one-third percent of voters correctly identified that Amendment 1 bans both same-sex marriage and civil unions. The Republican Speaker of the House, Tom Tillis, who voted for the amendment, said it would be repealed within 20 years. Thank you, and for Eye on the Triangle, this has been DeAndre Jones. We're going to take a quick break, but no worries, we've got more on the way. Everyone can talk about the legal and economic effects of of an amendment like this, but at the end of the day, it affects real people. Here's Andrew with more. On May 8th, North Carolina voters passed a constitutional amendment defining marriage as between one man and one woman. North Carolina is the 13th state to approve such legislation. However, it is important to note the distinction between state laws. Ten states ban only same-sex marriages, allowing the possibility of entering into civil unions or private contracts. Eighteen, including North Carolina, ban same-sex marriages and civil unions, and two ban same-sex marriages, civil unions, and all other contracts. The full text of the North Carolina Constitutional Amendment is as follows. Marriage between one man and one woman is the only domestic legal union that shall be valid or recognized in this state. 
This section does not prohibit a private party from entering into contracts with another private party. Nor does this section prohibit courts from adjudicating the rights of private parties pursuant to such contracts. Leading up to the vote, both sides made the point that gay marriage is illegal and the bill would change nothing. But it's been speculated that this amendment may have a number of unintended consequences, affecting both homosexual and heterosexual couples. Public employees with unmarried partners and children may see their families lose their benefits under this bill. Also, adoption and child visitation protections may be affected. North Carolina only allows adoption by one unmarried adult and not unmarried couples, but other states do. North Carolina previously recognized these adoptions, but the wording of the amendment could change that. All of this is speculation, but these ambiguities still threaten North Carolina families, and it will surely take numerous court cases and legal challenges before the issues are resolved. Every attempt on a constitutional ban on gay marriage has passed except in Arizona, where the vote failed at a margin of 51 to 49. Professor Rory McVeigh of the University of Notre Dame writes in the American Sociological Review that in recent decades there has been a general trend of growing acceptance of homosexuality in America. Therefore, Widespread opposition to same-sex marriage is puzzling. McVeigh analyzed county-by-county voting on 28 gay marriage bans and found that opposition to gay marriage was higher in communities reliant on traditional gender roles and family structures, but highest in areas with weak community cohesion, characterized by high residential instability, low home ownership rates, and high crime rates. McVeigh suggests that this is evidence of conservative activists citing gay marriage as socially destructive. Voters living in traditional but non-cohesive communities see gay marriage as a threat and vote against it, sometimes regardless of their views on homosexuality itself. The day after Amendment 1 passed, President Obama announced his endorsement of gay marriage. He said in an interview, I have to tell you that over the course of several years, I've talked to friends and family and neighbors when I think about members of my own staff who are in incredibly committed monogamous relationships same-sex relationships who are raising kids together. When I think about those soldiers or airmen or marines or sailors who are out there fighting on my behalf and yet feel constrained, even now that don't ask, don't tell is gone because they are not able to commit themselves in a marriage. At a certain point, I've just concluded that for me personally, it's important for me to go ahead and affirm that I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. The president will be coming to North Carolina this September for the Democratic National Convention in Charlotte. North Carolina has always been a middle ground state, more progressive than its southern neighbors, but still in the south. For the sake of its own citizens, the families these so-called traditional values protect, we should hope that the issue of Amendment 1 is soon resolved. So what I think is probably the most uh, surprising to me personally about the amendment is the fact that um, it seems that so many of our voters were really, really um, either misinformed or not informed at all about the bill. Um... So, knowing that, um, the majority of voters thought that they were just like voting against marriage for gay couples. So, um, my question to you guys is that, do you think that uh, religion played a lot into the outcome of this amendment? Sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, religion is... I don't... It's, it's been a very uh, big thing in North Carolina in politics for the longest time, and I don't think it's going to be... It's not going to be a part of it, you know, in the future. I mean, it's sure going to be... It's going to be there. It's, it's going to be a factor always weighing in. I don't think there's too many reasons to vote for the amendment unless you're for religious reasons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, 
the religious, uh, a lot of religious people cite, you know, the Bible when they're defending their case to support marriage between a man and a woman. But um, I wouldn't say that uh, North Carolinians who are for gay marriage should be discouraged because 40% is better than nothing. And, uh, you know, obviously, just looking at the uh, demographics, there's a big tendency, there was a big tendency for um, communities with college, uh, with universities to vote for uh gay marriage to vote against the the amendment well i saw wasn't the i saw a map of all the counties that voted for uh against the amendment and they all had some major university on them yeah exactly i think that definitely denotes that you know the newer generation is going to usher in um a bit of a you know definitely a different government government style um what i noticed with what i noticed with this is that well once again uh, people were misinformed. So, if guys, do you think that if people were more informed, if the population was like well informed about the bill, do you think that it still would have passed? I think it would have passed. Uh, yeah, it it would have passed. I, I don't think there's a lot of persuading, you know, people, especially older people, uh, what marriage is. It's. I think a lot of North Carolinians are set that marriage is between a man and a woman, or at least the more religious, rural. North Carolinians. I will say this though: um, the president came out in support of gay marriage, like the day after. The day after. The day yeah. after. I think if he had done that the day before, or you know, a couple days before, <laughs> things definitely would have been a little bit different. I think. I think you would have seen the numbers been a little more in favor of against the, you know, against the amendment because a couple days after he said that, they polled a bunch of you know a bunch of different people, and the support of gay marriage had gone up in the days following. The president's announcement. So I think if he had came out, if he had come out with that a couple days before, I think you would have seen a, a, a big difference. You know, a, a much narrower margin. Yeah, Most absolutely. Definitely. Great. Well, I also found it kind of interesting um, that you know we're in the midst of this recession and the new jobs numbers just came out and everyone's in a panic about the economy and we're having a discussion about you know this social issue that you know quite. I mean, it was it's already banned in the state. It's not even in the books already that yeah. you can't do it yeah, so it, was, like, it was in the books before as well it was in yeah. the books before so even if this hadn't passed you know it's not like they would have it's not like we were taking away something that they had it's it's just now they for some reason lawmakers decided they had to put it in the constitution so they couldn't declare it unconstitutional like they did in california yeah it's i mean it's almost like a moot point especially like you said with with the economic uh downturn that we're that we're in right now and knowing that without without some uh without with this amendment the state is bound to lose at least, you know, a little bit of money. Well, the thing that surprises me the most is why this bill even came up in the first place. If it's already banned, why be the dead horse? Um, especially in a time where I, I believe the General Assembly and the state government can be focusing on a lot more important issues. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that this isn't an important issue. No, I, I agree, but, but you know why they did it, right? To stir up the, the populace. Well, I mean, they did it because if it's in the Constitution, a judge can't say this is unconstitutional. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's defined in the Constitution now because what happened in California, do you remember what happened? Was they passed Prop 8, which defined marriage. It was a law, and they defined it as between one man and one woman. And activist judges out in, in California said, this is unconstitutional. You can't do this. Yeah. And so lawmakers were afraid of that happening here. So they put it in the Constitution. So now, you know, the law is constitutional and not only was the dead horse beaten we spent or we didn't but uh congress people spent over a million dollars promoting 
the bill. And that, of course, uh, spawned uh, people to vote against the bill to spend around uh, $2 million. So that's, you know, $3 million right there being spent on a bill that is almost, is almost you know, pointless. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we got a lot of work ahead of us, but it's... Well, I think you give it 10 years, 10, 15 years, and, they're, you know, this is, these are not going to be around for long, I don't think. Especially when coming from the, the Speaker of the House. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Great. Well, what's up next? All right. So, uh, yeah, DeAndre did a restaurant review. Uh, this week, he reviewed Centro, a Mexican Delicious. restaurant in downtown Raleigh. Hey, guys. Today, I'm returning with my highlighted restaurant of the week. Last show, I put the spotlight on Waba, a wonderful Korean place on Hillsborough Street. This week, I'm highlighting a small Mexican restaurant in downtown Raleigh called Centro. Walk south down Wilmington Street, and this place is easy to find with all the Mexican decorations and lights seeping from the restaurant. Let me tell you guys something. If you value atmosphere when it comes to eating, this is the place for you. Centro practically calls you in as you pass, due to the culture that it emits. Inside, paper decorations are strung from the ceiling, and the bar shelf is stacked equally as high. A lot of thought was put into the presentation of this restaurant, and it shows, I promise, from the cups to the table decorations, you will love it. The food is promised not to disappoint, either. The dishes are expertly put together and are a mix of between Mexican and modern cuisine. All in all, it's a great place to take a date to on a special occasion. In fact, I haven't spent my one-year anniversary dining in this place. I will admit, prices are a bit high. However, portions are generous for those who think splitting a plate is doubly romantic. That's all I've got for this week. Tune in next show for a classy burger place that will show you what's what. Thanks, everyone. And now for the answer to the riddle we gave you a couple of weeks ago, if you still remember the question. The only word in the English language with three double letters in a row is the word bookkeeper. Think about it. Congratulations to former host Nick Savage, who somehow knew the answer immediately. (laughs) This week's riddle is as follows. A kid walked by a store and stopped to look at it. He saw a stick glued to the ceiling and said, hey, there's a stick up in there. A passing cop immediately pulled out his nightstick and jumped inside the store. Why? If you know the answer, be sure to let us know on our Facebook page. You really shouldn't have to think about it too hard. And as always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything that just made you think, let us know on our Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter at WKNC underscore EOT. Also, be sure to check out our blog at WKNC.org. <laughs> I think our easiest riddle yet, but um, right, yep, we'll that's, all, <laughs> that's all we have for you tonight. We thank you all for tuning in. And don't forget, we're now broadcasting every other week, so we will see you on the 19th of June. Until then, good night. Shoot